goals. Yeah, you remember we were kind of, I was kind of questioning the integrity mm. of some of those old uh, XLR cables. Mm. So I was like, they're cheap enough, let's try them. What else did I get? Oh, some other miscellaneous cables. You know, you podcast and got a lot of cables. That's all it is, is cables. <laughs> cables fucking out the ass. Cables and $60 boxes that don't do what they should do, that he- aka that- headphone splitters. What is... We've had more problems with that than anything. And that's our second one, right? Yeah. So I got, you know, the you can see the plug with the two quarter inch that go into the computer. Yeah. And that's how I record with Phil. Well, he's like, okay, I'll get some new ones because it's, it's a bunch of connected ones we're using. And I thought I got the right cord, but for some reason I got an RCA into a 35 millimeter. Oh, oh. And so was, you, hey, you can get reds and yellows and blacks, I guess. Duh, I tried it. Yeah. It has this loud hum <laughs> the entire time. I'm like, okay, you cannot use this. <laughs> Apparently video grade and audio grade are a little different. Eh? Yeah, it's it was terrible. I don't even know what that is used for. Like, I, We have so many switches on that thing. Don't really even know what they do. No, I don't know what most of them do. <laughs> I'm assuming for their for a piano maybe or something. Yeah, I don't know. guitars, piano, drums. When you're putting it all in the mix, this is definitely. Let's put it this way: if we revitalize Druid, we would have. <laughs> we're ready to run sound for him. I was gonna say he's he probably knows how all of that works. Sir, who Jordan? Yeah, I don't know. Well, okay. Well, he knows where to put his bass in there. That he would know where to put. Because <laughs> I assume he just uses. What do they use? The foot pedal thingy? The, yeah. Switch foot pedal thingy? Yeah. You know what? I was looking at cough buttons, too, right? And those, those are $60, aren't they? Yeah, and everyone's like, oh, yeah, it adds a hum in oh, my great. audio. So, Super. And a lot of them are foot pedal ones, so it's like, I guess we could sit here and click our foot button foot button if we got a cough. What am I, Caleb Hart? <laughs> am I, and I got a split on Mega Man X or what? Well, the, the really... Famous podcasters use them, so there must be some thing you can use somewhere. I'm sure it's a. I'm sure all you got to do is when you capture silence, you know, mm. it'll remove that. Yeah, silence noise. I always wondered, like you, you use your, you used to have the Adobe thing, right? Yeah. I always wonder because we obviously use a free program that I think like ninety percent of people use. Oh, yeah. yeah. And uh, I always wonder if the more expensive ones actually make a difference or not. I think they do, but I'll be real, and I'll only be real mm. from here on out. <laughs> um, we sound pretty damn good. Mm. Yeah. I've always heard that, yes. So I don't know if we need Adobe Audition. No. To spend all that fucking fuck you Adobe money. Well, okay, so I use a free Photoshop. Right. Free Audacity. Right. Free video editing program. They all work fine. While we're on a budget. Yeah, I learned a hard lesson that you... So, uh, uh, the Sub-D videos, I've been putting them up, and I realized you have to manually convert them to 60 frames a second, otherwise the video is a little choppy. Mm. I didn't realize mm. that. And once I did that, I'm like, okay, now this looks good. Auto conversion. You'll get yeah. that with a program you pay for, probably. Oh, probably. Yeah. Well, they ha- they have a specific button for YouTube. Oh, so, right. Yeah. Right, it's, but right. you have to manually change the frames. I mean, then I learned you have to separate the audio from the video, fix the audio, then put it back. It's just uh, it, it's a thing. Do you know what I watched? What's that? Uh, well, I was feeling good this mm. week, so I watched Blade. Hell yeah. And then I watched 
Demolition Man. Okay, he's Wesley Snipes' kick. That's just the way it worked. <laughs> After Blade, I was like, should I watch Blade 2? No. no. We'll go to Demolition Man instead. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And as far as TV goes, I've been watching What We Do in the Shadows, the television program. Are you impressed? Very good. Okay. It's very good. It's <laughs> very good. It really captures the spirit of the movie. Uh, obviously, the movie's better. I'm mm. going to think that because Jermaine's in there. Mm. Tyka's in there. All those people. Uh, what do you there. think about the psychic vampire? He's awesome. And he, he's the <laughs> character from Better Call Saul. He's on Better Call Saul, too. Uh, he is. He's that baseball. He got me baseball cards yes, stolen. Yes, that is him. Yeah. And they oh. hire Trevor from GTA. But uh, like I said, you know that guy's <laughs> face. But I have no idea what his name is. Oh, yeah. <laughs> his name's like, Phil on the show. That's all okay. I know. <laughs> he's. Uh, I just love him trolling people on the internet. Oh, yeah, yes, yes. So good. And when he's fighting the emotional vampire at his office, that is just (laughs) wonderful. Uh, Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Bumblebutt Podcast, the only podcast on the internet that uploads weekly. Who knows what it'll be about? Certainly not me. My name is Adam. Sitting across from me as ever and alone is Cody. Hello. Hello, Adam. How's it going, pal? It's, uh, It's going good. Did you have a good week? I did. I started working on, okay, I finished Resident Evil 3. Mm. Got all of that done. Started working on Resident Evil, Evil 2. Mm. Thankfully, there's a gentleman on YouTube I found who gives you like a, a guide to get S plus on hardcore, which is insane. Mm. Uh, you can die with like one or two hits. One scratch and but you're I, done. But I, I, may, I pulled it off. I died like four or five times to the last boss. But other than that, it's uh, it's good. Did you, you know, get the Chivo then? I did. boy. The uh, so now I've changed my rankings. Resident Evil Seven, number one. Mm. Resident Evil Two Remake, number two. Mm. I might put Resident Evil Three Remake, number three, and then number four. Wow. Yeah. Well, th- that's well deserved. I think that's three you, classic Resident Evils. You, up there. Okay, so you've said Capcom <laughs> can be a little finicky sometimes. I oh, think yeah. the RE Three Remake is a perfect example of them rushing. The game it's still fun, but they you can tell they rushed it. Really? Yeah, they cut some corners. There's one costume unlock, and that's it. Oh, well, that's lame. It, it's like, come on, that's like your bread and butter yeah. for those games. Lots of every costumes every and... single game that they make. Yeah. yeah, that's all they do is try and sell costumes. I I think it was rushed. I think it was rushed, and I think you've mentioned they don't they do that with Street Fighter Five is rushed, right? Street Fighter yeah. Five came out basically as an alpha. Man, mm. it was really bad in 2015 <laughs> when it came yeah. out. That was dog rough. But apparently now it's awesome. But uh, that's uh, the video game industry right now, though. Yes, it's I don't know why, but it's just how it is. Hot and cold, cheap mm. and expensive. Mm-hmm. It's annoying. Kojima makes games where you just <laughs> run across the map with ladders. It's not good. So what else could you ask for? I want to do that in the game and in real life. So. Oh, all right, it's my well, dream. Yeah, uh, just give me a ladder, strap it on. Let's get <laughs> let's get rolling into this story with my ladder. Let's. <laughs> All right, well, now that your ladder's prepared, let's start off here. This week, we are about to dive headfirst back into the world of paranormal. It's been a while. Yeah, many months, specifically covering one of my favorite subjects, which involves all sorts of wizardry, magic, shouting, and sweaty priests. This being, of course, in holy exorcism. Oh, we're back. (laughs) Yes. Oh, this is the Catholics we were talking about last week, isn't it? Yep, absolutely. They're the only ones who do exorcists, right? I think so, yeah. Maybe the Baptists, kind of. but uh, Yeah, where they like hold a snake up to you and all (laughs) that stuff. I kind of love that video I showed you where that 
that snake kissing priest. Yeah. And then it bit him. Yeah. And he, he like rushed to the ER or whatever. <laughs> Fucking idiot. Anyway, most of the exorcisms we have covered previously have done nothing for me but reinforce my skepticism. What kind of makes this particular exorcism even more questionable is the fact that pretty much the only source we have for this case comes directly from the priests and the nuns involved, which I would say might tarnish the validity slightly because they're so fully invested in what they're doing and it's kind of their whole belief system. Mm -hmm. So if they go against that, then their whole thing... So they're kind of like, yeah, it has to be demons. So you're saying they are not impartial mediators to this story. No, no. And unfortunately, don't really even have that. And you're going to find out why, because they kept it really secret what they were doing. But who truly knows whether what you're about to hear is entirely truthful or not. Nonetheless, it's a lot of fun. With all of that out of the way, this week, we are covering the exorcism of Anna Acklin. Bum, bum, bum. Now, Anna Acklin's real name is supposedly actually Emma Schmidt, but they would call her Anna so she would not be tormented by people when the story finally comes out. Ah. And we're going to learn Emma Schmidt might even be a made-up name as well. Oh, this guy has layers, my friend. She's trying <laughs> yeah. to get away from this with multiple aliases. Which sounds like the it was a priest's idea. Okay. To kind of hide her identity, which I get it. If you're on TV... Well, I guess we can't be on TV at this point, but <laughs> if you are in the news getting an exorcism, people are going to be probably laughing at you a little bit. Definitely. Yeah. Now, the book I read, interesting title here, Begone Satan, I love it, by Carl- Begone Satan! <laughs> by Carl Vogel, he's a- another priest, and he took that from the journal of the father- who is performing the exorcism. So and right away, this is being delivered through the lens of two separate Catholic right. priests. And the original priest, I believe, wrote it in Latin. Then it had to be translated by Carl to make the book. They actually call it a pamphlet, but... What a dickhead. <laughs> yeah, it's... Whatever. How, wait, how old... How? Why did he write it in magic? Or in <laughs> magic? <laughs> why did he write it in Latin? Uh, it's... 19 or 1928 so he's a he's a german priest he okay. came over from there in the 1800s they still liked it back then they sure did you're right remember uh, annalise michelle mm-hmm. you had to learn latin to perform mass sometimes <sighs> so anyway now why don't we start off at the place that anna grew up a place ripe with fresh german immigrants and religious fervor Marathon, Wisconsin. Oh. <laughs> Have you been here? No, I feel but like I've I, heard hey, of it. Right now, I'll draw my line in the sand and say, fuck Wisconsin. <laughs> you can leave that in. Fuck them. I swear I've heard of this place before. Marathon. I, I think I have. We talked about Appleton, too. I definitely Appleton's, heard of Appleton. Oh, I've been to Appleton, for okay. sure. Okay. Now, Anna Acklin was born on March 23rd, 1882, although the book claims they don't know the exact date of her birth. Just hey, just year. like Tom Tobin. I've, it seems to be the thing. You don't need the date. You just need the year. Sure. What is really peculiar about this case is that we have literally almost no backstory about Anna's childhood except, few, except for a few pertinent pieces of information. Firstly, there is no record of Anna's mother. It is believed that because of the time period, she had either left or died when Anna was a very young child. We don't really know. Okay. Her father was named Jacob Eklund, and according to the information provided, 
He was a lifelong abusive drunk yeah. and alleged womanizer. Those go hand in hand. Yeah. Especially with the German immigrants. Don't don't get me wrong here. There's it's funny in the in the book they they're talking about Marathon and the German immigrants and they're like, "Yeah, they brought the out of craft beer with them." <laughs> <laughs> of course they did. <laughs> Fucking Germans. The hardiest drinking boys on the continent there. It's too bad Jordan ain't here because he is a German Wisconsinite. So True. This is his family here. We got to close the border. <laughs> they are rife with it. <laughs> yeah, I know. Norwegians here, Germans over there. Germans there. <laughs> yeah. Now, according to the book Begone Satan, J- Jacob apparently was extra evil because he denounced the church, specifically the Catholic Church. Mm. According to the book, Jacob may have belonged to a group called American Protective Association. Have you ever heard of this? The APA? Yeah. Always pounded ass? <laughs> that was Val Venus's, uh stable in WWF. Always pounding ass. APA, yeah. This is slightly different. But this, when I'm about to read the Wikipedia entry of what this is, you're going to know instantly, like, yeah, this was definitely written by a Catholic priest. All right. The American Protective Association was an American anti-Catholic secret society established in 1887 by Protestants. The organization was the largest anti-Catholic movement in the United States during the later part of the 19th century, showing particular regional strength in the Midwest. The group grew rapidly during the 1890s before collapsing just as abruptly in the aftermath of the election in 1896. Unlike the more powerful Know Nothing movement of the 1850s. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck I remember that. that. Do yeah. you? Uh-huh. The APA did not establish its own independent political party, but rather sought to exert influence by boosting its supporters in campaigns and at political conventions, particularly those of the Republican Party. Mm. The organization was particularly concerned about Roman Catholic influence in the public school system, as well as unfettered Catholic immigration and what was seen as growing Catholic control of the political establishments of major American cities. So, this is basically an old-ass... Protestant versus Catholic war. This is what everyone is concerned about yeah. in Europe with the Muslims right now. Are they? Stacking voting districts, like Oof. unfettered uh, unfettered immigration, just like he said, mm. in order to move into neighborhoods, take over neighborhood political parties, and then move up higher into government. Did they not realize that's what they did? That's exactly what they did. <laughs> yeah. The thing is, is like, uh, I remember... I did the Titanic on uh, Sub D, and there's a big thing about the Protestant boat workers didn't want any Catholics working in their little yard. Sure. So Irish are pretty known for not liking them. I'm sure there. I'm sure there was a Protestant union and a mm. Catholic union. If yeah. I were, if I were to bet, I'm kind of glad most of that is gone. That's just annoying. Yeah, that's dumb. Yeah, it's tribalism. It's Pepsi and Coke. That's <laughs> exactly. that's all it is. <laughs> exactly. They've been teaching us it since we came out of the puss, Cody. They've been saying, "Fucking support this team. Drink this. You're mm. better if you do this. You're better if you do this." So that way. You can pick between one of two political parties that are almost exactly the same. The, it's funny you mention that because, well, not that exactly, but I was talking to my mother this morning, and she was talking about uh, some mayor who's trying to, like, cancel public school and put only private schools or something like that. And she's like, well, 
you know, that's not good because then you can get in a religious school that teaches you only specific things. I'm like, Mom, you realize we went to Catholic school all the way through sixth grade, and I'm not certain if we learned about dinosaurs or not. And she's like, what? Steven Spielberg taught yeah. me about dinosaurs, Mom. <laughs> yeah. I, I was like, I okay, I'm pretty sure evolution was out the window. Not a chance, yeah. But uh, dinosaurs, maybe. Phil nor I can remember if we learned about dinosaurs or not. We don't remember. I wonder if you would have learned that we walked alongside dinosaurs. They're, that's like a young earth creationism thing. I is I don't it? think they're quite there. Hmm. I don't think they put a boundary in how old the world is. Okay, they didn't do the 6,000? No. Okay. The flood's in there, obviously, but I think it existed before that. That's good. Now, Jacob's evil deeds did not end at allegedly belonging to an anti-Catholic group. The other thing about Jacob was he apparently had an affair with Anna's aunt Mina prior to her mo- mother's death slash disappearance. According to the book, in Marathon, Wisconsin, Aunt Mina was supposedly the town's local witch. Oh. We'll learn more about her later on. I'm scared. <laughs> in addition to the affair, apparently Jacob would attend to start an incestuous relationship with his daughter, Anna, but for Wisconsin, it's not that weird. <laughs> I, th- I was hoping you're going to be like, roll tide. Roll tide. Oh, no. Hey, Wisconsin's my number one target right now. I've said it three times in the podcast already, but I'm not a fan. <laughs> I was hoping you are going to say roll tide, then be like, hold on, we're in Wisconsin. We've got to be like, go pack, go. Go Badgers. <laughs> go Badgers. Here, cut this if you want to, but I heard on the news, right? Mm. There was this lady. <laughs> my mom. They lifted the bands, and we went out to the bars, and now my mom died of corona. Oh, my God. It's like, uh, what did you expect, yeah. my friend? I cannot feel sorry for you. <sighs> That's sad. That's sad. I, I saw on the news that it was a 19-year-old girl in Wisconsin who got it, and she used to be, like, really good at playing uh clarinet or flute or something oh yeah can't do it anymore because her lungs are ripped in Mm -hmm. half yeah Mm -hmm. it's very sad you gotta you gotta don't fuck like you might get a little sick but there's long-term effects Uh you gotta be careful about definitely yeah but the thing about anna acklin was that unlike her father she was a devout pious young catholic woman she attended church whenever she could and lived her life according to the way god commanded her to hell she was very devout in her faith now as mentioned because she did not want to have an incestuous relationship with her father as we all do not most of us do not Mm. yes Apparently, Jacob, after being denied, had became so enraged that he placed a curse on Anna. What <laughs> What Jacob's curse did was invite the demonic forces to try to corrupt Anna. Naturally. According to Anna, the symptoms of demonic infestation started at the age of 14, which I am assuming is when her father was starting to have a sexual relationship with her. That's what I'm, I'm going to assume. So what is that called? There is pedophile. What's up from pedophile? Can you go up from pedophile? You can. It's a when groomer? you're a No, it's when you're attracted to girls that are starting puberty. They're like 13, 14, 15. Uh, apparently the guys from Rooster Teeth, I guess. Whoa, what happened? I just was seeing this. They have text message of some of the guys grooming underage girls. You've got to be kidding I'm me. I'm not kidding you. Holy Bianca shit. Bianca showed me it on Reddit yesterday, and I was like, oh, 
Do you what? know which ones? I, I we'll have to ask. Yeah, her we'll the talk names. about it later. Ah, oh, gross. But the demonic infestation wouldn't reach its full head until Anna reached the age of thirty. Now I'm going to talk about our lovely research research assistant Kelly's findings here. Excellent. She had been searching for if Aunt Emma Schmidt actually was a real person, and in, from her findings, it doesn't. It seems like she might not have been a real person. Okay. So the most likely candidate that I found was an Emma Schmidt born on June 11th, 1882, in Milwaukee. Her mother, Fred <laughs> Frederica. Frederica. <laughs> See, Frit, Frit. I don't know. Seldfeld. I don't know. Weird German names. Uh, died early in her life in 1891. Emma's father, John, relatively close to Jacob, it starts with a J, married a woman named Haldina. I don't know what the hell kind of name that is. Uh, it was kind of close to Mina, I guess, in 1900. Uh, there's no record of when Haldina passed away, but John died in 1905, well before the Erling exorcism in 1928. Okay. This Emma lived in Milwaukee her whole life, and there are no records of her after that. Li- or there are no records of her living in Marathon, Wisconsin. She married a man named Hugo Mitchie in 1900. <laughs> she passed away in 1936 and was buried in Valhalla Memorial Park in Milwaukee. I so- wonder if she had to cross the Rainbow Bridge. <laughs> I, I hope so. <laughs> Viking generals came down God. So basically what we're saying here is she searched through all the Emma Schmitz in Wisconsin around this time period. That's the closest one. So more than likely, Anna Acklin's a, a pseudonym, and Emma Schmidt is a made-up name as well. So we don't know who, what this woman's real name is. So it's exactly, it's like uh, when the spammers get a hold of my email, and then I change it, and mm. then they get a hold of that one, and then I change it again. Mm. That's the They're modern tricky. day. Yeah. Maybe it's ran by the Catholic priest. <laughs> I could see that. Now, the the other thing that Kelly added here was this woman we're talking about was actually Lutheran. So Mm. why would she be getting involved with Catholics? Mm. Although they're a little bit more friendly with each other, I guess. So Lutheran is Catholic light, right? Yeah, basically. They don't kneel. That's, I think, the only difference. I see. Either way, because of the demons, Anna was having trouble receiving the sacrament. She couldn't touch holy water. She could not enter a church. And worst of all... She was having impure, naughty, and disturbing thoughts about performing unspeakable sexual acts. Damn. This is in the book, by the way. I was laughing Damn. very hard. She just wants to get laid. Come on. I mean, she's a, a pubescent teenager, <laughs> yeah. so uh, sh- no shit. <laughs> so finally, on June 18th, 1912, Anna Acklin would have her first exorcism, but who is the powerful mage who would have to do battle with the demons? <laughs> that would be Father Theophilus. I had his name. Theophilus. No. Theophilus? I think it's Theophilus. Okay. Theophilus Risinger. Hell yeah. Oh, that's an eighth. Theophilus. Theophilus Risinger. Theophilus. He has a very common. They call him. Jo- they call him Joseph. Maybe that's just what I'll start calling. Him I think that's. I think yeah. that'll work. Yeah. Or so, Theo. Theo there. We'll call him that. So Father Theo was a German Capuchin monk. They don't really have them anymore. I haven't seen one of them in a long time, right? Uh, you can join the Capuchin order in 
Crusader Kings 2, oh, actually. Well, that's, that's one of the like sects medieval you can order. Times, yeah. <laughs> so I have no idea if they still exist, but I can tell you that they did it in 1093. Just envision this guy as the brown dress, male dress with this the rope tied around. That's him. Friar Tuck. Yeah, basically. Now, he arrived in the U.S. as a noviciate uh, in 1892, which is just like a beginner priest, I guess. Okay. Uh, he was apparently very acclaimed for his mastery of the Italian language. He would officially be become ordained in 1899. Now, he would spend his first years in New York where he would apparently try to assist the common laborers of the time period who faced brutal working conditions from their jobs and bad wages. So that's kind of nice. He started off with the holiest of intentions. He he wants to help the downtrodden. But I like gonna, that. He, he, he switches a little bit. We'll they see. all do. Yeah. He apparently then got involved with the conflict going on between the Socialist Party and the American Federation of Labor. He even would take some car- uh, courses in regards to socialism at Fordham University. So he was diving in that side of the you political party. Pinko commie motherfucker. <laughs> now, around the same time is when Father started to work with persons claiming to be possessed. But it appears he was doing this unsanctioned from the Catholic Church, which really rubs them the wrong way. Hell yes, you gotta it have does. permission before you do this shit, or they don't like that. Well, yeah, you gotta kick up. Mm-hmm. Whatever you're earning, you gotta kick up. I We're gonna learn. I think uh, that's kind of why he got kicked out of New York, because of his interest in socialism and because of the unauthorized exorcism. Don't do it, buddy. You're free. Li- okay, yeah. wait. So he's a socialist. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know if he's a socialist, but he's trying to understand because I'm assuming the downtrodden workers were becoming socialists. And he's at the doing time. scab exorcisms taken away from the priest union. Mm. What kind of socialist are you? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Maybe he just thought it was fun. Yeah, that could be. You're that gonna be. you're gonna see he I think he has a little bit of like I'm extra holy compared to holier my, than thou. Yeah, it's just I'm more powerful than the other ones kind of thing. I am the chosen one. <laughs> Now, the local diocese decided to transfer him and would send him directly to the Midwest, claiming that he needed to do something they would call home missions. What is a home mission, you ask? Basically, they would head out to the rural areas of the country, seeking out the most down-on-their-luck people or homesick immigrants, seeking to convert them to the Catholic Church, thereby setting up a foothold for the Catholic Church for future generations, and I could tell you, obviously, I'm a shaming example of this. They were successful in the Midwest. Very much so. They have bases everywhere. We gobbled it up. Yeah. Now, anyway, Father's new home would be at St. Anthony's in Marathon, Wisconsin. For the next 30 years, he would work between Appleton and Marathon, Wisconsin, and he would be a great role model for his fellow missionaries, although some sources claim that Father was actually kind of annoying. <laughs> Those are the behind the scenes. Like, you know, he's kind of fucking annoying, actually. That's the hot goss around <laughs> yeah. the rectory. They're not going to say it in the begone Satan pamphlet, Mm-mm. but behind the scenes, apparently, he was kind of obnoxious. <laughs> Either way, because father was in Marathon and Anna lived in Marathon, naturally, it'd be pretty easy for them to know each other. Certainly. Now, because the father had prior experience with demonic possession, when Anna finally came to him for help, he was more than prepared to handle these pesky demons. Now, after reading from his spell book, the Roman Rite of Exorcism, 
By all accounts, he had successfully banished all the demons from Anna Acklin after the first exorcism, which kept them at bay at least until 1928. So mm. the first exorcism, 1912. They're going to come back 1928. So that's what, 16? 16 years. 16 year gap. So. so the first demon waves are from her father, cursing her. The second wave of demons are believed to have came from Anna's aunt Mina, who had gotten very angry with her. So they claim that Aunt Mina had cursed Anna's food using her witchy herbs. Understood. Brought the demons back. The goddamn swamp witch. <laughs> and she was already, like, ripe for demonic possession because yeah. it's been it's happened before. Oh, I assume that's how that works anyway. Aunt Mina's got some secrets. Oh, yeah. Uh, the thing is, Aunt Mina is probably just like someone who's either a Protestant or a Lutheran, and they just assume she's a witch. She's a witch. Yeah, yeah like, yeah, yeah. I'm just like... She doesn't on, have dude. the love of the saints in her heart. She's a witch. Uh, speaking of witches, I watched, I finished season eight, uh, American Horror Story Apocalypse. Mm. What'd you think? I didn't like it. Really? I liked it. Here's the thing. If I would have known it was witches part two, mm. I would have liked it. But that had, I was expecting mutants and feral ghouls <laughs> and, you know, apocalypse shit. Like fallout. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what it seemed to be at first. Mm. And then it was Witches Part 2, which mm. is fine. And I really liked the Michael kid. He he was like an anime villain. The yeah. Satan I, kid. Yeah. I, I was just going to say that. That is exactly who he reminds me of. Like, yep. uh, what, what's the... I you said Vicious. The, vicious, yep. yes. I was thinking of Vincent for some reason. Is he a bad guy in it's Final close. Fantasy? He, no, he's your friend, right? He's your friend. Yeah. But he's the edgy one, right? Yes. Okay. Now, we're going to go into... Uh, Kelly's research once again here. So she found a man named J uh, Joseph P. Laycock, real name apparently, <laughs> a professor of religion and philosophy at Texas State University in the book, The Social Scientific Study of Exorcism in Christianity. That's a mouthful, by that the way. That sure is. Uh, he spoke to a Jesuit priest named Frederick J. I think this is Buns. Boonzy Buns? I'm, I like buns. Let's go with buns. I like that. It's cute. Uh, he claimed as a young girl. He was a young girl? <laughs> Anna. I got you. <laughs> uh, she wanted to become a nun, but her mother wouldn't let her. Buns also mentions an operation which Emma received before the exorcism, which he believed could have brought on the possession slash unusual changes. Now, <laughs> Laycock <laughs> speculates that this operation could have been either an abortion or a clitorectomy. Uh, leave I'm, the nub alone. Just leave it alone. It's, a, I, it's great. It's great. I'll yeah. tell you what. 100% of people that don't have it miss it. <laughs> well, I feel like people who don't have it, it was forcibly taken from them. That's right. right. But I don't know. I, you know, Would she have done that because of her sexual urges? I don't know. Ooh, maybe because of her curse of her father. Yeah, I, well, I don't know. But there's another rumor that Anna actually had a lover at the time who wanted to have sex with her, but Anna wanted to remain a virgin. So the lover, <laughs> I don't know if he died or cursed her, but he came back as a demon to torment Anna. What a prick. <laughs> All these people, they don't, they have a disagreement with you and they send demons They resort you. immediately yeah. to the underworld. It's like, Jesus, give me a chance. It's, here. oh God. I just don't want to fuck you, creepo. <laughs> I, I that's like a big thing in the book after they cure her demons like oh thank god she 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 held on to her chastity I'm like oh my god 
She's 40 years old right now. That's a huge thing for these creeps, though, yeah, buddy. Yeah, that's true. Uh, anyway, jumping back to 1928, according to Father, the demons returning is very bad. Uh, because <laughs> uh, Yeah. <laughs> because if you successfully get rid of the demons once, when they return, they will be much more powerful. That's what I thought. Let's read a Bible passage to strengthen, strengthen this from <clears throat> Matthew 12, 43. When an impure spirit comes out of a person, it goes through arid places seeking rest and does not find it. Then it says, I will return to the house I left. When it arrives, it finds the house unoccupied, swept clean and put in order. Then it goes and takes with it seven other spirits more wicked than itself, and they go in and live there. And the final condition of that person is worse than the first. That is how it will be with this wicked generation. So he is literally complaining about the generation coming before him or after him in what? I don't know. When is Matthew around? Zero <laughs> BC? I don't know. Isn't he the first generation? So they've been <laughs> yeah. doing it since number one? These pesky pagans who are coming after me. I hate him. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> now... It is after the demons return where the majority of the story will be coming from with all the demonic action you could possibly ask for. I asked for a lot. <laughs> now, the following exorcism is going to take place over 23 days with breaks in between, which seems to be kind of common uh, in exorcism. If we think back to the exorcism of Annalise Michelle, they're kind of off and on mm -hmm. doing it. The dates of the exorcism were August 18th through the 26th. 1928, September 13th through the 20th, 1928, and December 15th through this uh, 22nd, 1928. From what I can tell, in between the breaks, she's still experiencing demonic possession, but a less to a lesser extent. So it's kind of like taming them down, you know. You're like Trump right now. He had coronavirus. It's calmed down right now, but it could make a pop back up there. Uh, call me subliminal deception here, but <laughs> I don't think he had it. You don't think he had it? I think he's a big liar. Really? I, I mean, what I've heard is uh, that the the steroids he's on, anybody who takes them, it makes you feel like you're fucking Superman for like a week or two. Really? And then you'll start. Because Herman Cain, I didn't realize Bianca looked this up. He's just alive for like a month before he died. Okay. And four days before he was died, his exact quote was, I feel amazing. Four huh. days before he died. Huh. So you got to be careful with coronavirus. Don't, I don't, don't want push your luck. I'm don't just so happy that I can stay inside. <laughs> yes. I am. Please do and wear your goddamn mask. Seriously. Yeah. Now, according to the father, prior to her second exorcism, she was actually examined by doctors who claimed that they could not find any physical ailments wrong with her. That was 1928. <laughs> so. listen, listen to their diagnosis here. She was probably just suffering from nervousness with hallucinations that would cause her to become hysterical. Hmm. <laughs> now, I can tell you one thing. Uh, when I'm getting nervous, I don't see full body hallucinations. <laughs> I just love how... How, like, nervousness is, like, the, the catch-all for, for mental illness. Just You're nervous. You're just nervous, yeah. man. You're just nervous. You need to calm your nerves, you know, just take a little lithium or whatever <laughs> they were taking at the time. Obviously, Adam and I know the cause of her real problems. Now, when the date, August 18th, drew near, 
Father made sure to get permission this time from the bishop to perform the rites of exorcism. Good. Because Father Theo was almost 60 years old at this point, they decided he was going to need some backup in performing this daunting task. So, joining him would be Father Theo's sister, who is also his housemaid. That seems fucking weird. Why would you do that to your sister? Come on. It's awful. A flock of venerable sisters and two other priests. Now, the reason that Father would choose to move the location of the exorcism from Wisconsin to Erling, Iowa... A shout out. (laughs) ...was because, firstly, he was going to do it on sanctified ground to help battle the demons, and secondly, to help keep not only the girl's name a secret, but the entire process of the exorcism a secret as long as they could. Now, jumping to August 18th, they had set up so that Anna would arrive in Erling, Iowa... Late, in, late into the night to avoid detection. When she arrived, a group of nuns would be waiting for her to take her to the predetermined location. When Anna finally arrived, arrived in Erling, apparently things didn't get started off on a good foot. Mm. The second that Anna saw the nuns waiting for her, she instantly became enraged and, according to her, had thoughts of choking the life out of all of them. It's because they look like penguins. <laughs> do they lay eggs like penguins they do? They do, and they walk around with them under their little uh, guts. I, I heard if a nun lays an egg, they have to sit there and warm it up for the nine months. And sometimes they go crazy and just walk off into the wilderness. <laughs> it's nuts. And died, starved yeah. to death. Yeah. Now, Anna was so mad, she would fight the entire way to the location of the exorcism. When Anna was finally at the rectory, Apparently, the troubles continued. One of the nuns who prepared a meal for Anna, but had secretly sprinkled holy water over the food. You bitch. The demons, though, were not going to be tricked that easy. Apparently, Anna became enraged once again and threw a tantrum, but at certain points, would even purr like a cat. (laughs) The blessed food proved to be utterly impossible for Anna to eat, so eventually, they gave her unblessed food. And she was able to gobble that right well, up. It's, uh, I, I feel like anybody, if you're getting a tray of food and there's just splots of water all over it, aren't you going to be like, I, what is this? Yeah. Did you put this under a leaky ceiling? <laughs> yeah. Is like, you're something, gonna what's wrong that. here? Yeah. Uh, you're going to notice that. This is wet food. <laughs> now, where exactly was Father Theo? Because he was supposed to have arrived at the rectory around the same time as Anna, but it appears the devil's. Had a few tricks up their sleeve for the old father. <laughs> father claimed his brand new car, for some unknown, re- unknown reason, just wouldn't start. No matter what he did, he just could not get that car to start. According to him, it took over two hours to finally get the vehicle going so he could drive down to Erling when father finally got to the rectory. The other priests were worried, but father told them, my dear friend, I was wrought <laughs> up about it. I would have been much more surprised if everything had gone smoothly. Difficulties will arise. They must be expected to arise. The devil will try his utmost to foil our plans. While waiting, I prayed constantly that the evil spirit would not be able to harm you, as I suspected that he would try to interfere with your coming, that he would try to injure you personally. <sighs> Man, this guy, like, you're going to learn... Everything that goes wrong with him, it's the devil or it's the demons. Never anything. It couldn't be Ford's fault. Oh, It's just the demons doing it. What him. an awesome scapegoat to have. Yeah. Just demons for everything. You know, can you imagine 
Think about father. Well, obviously he's not going to have sex, but if he did, he came too fast. Most people go, oh, that's never happened before. He goes, fucking demons make me come too fast. It's the demons infecting my penis. (laughs) They're stimulating me and I came too fast. (laughs) Now that everyone was here, it's time to start the exorcism. First, they laid Anna down on a bed and secured her arm sleeves and dress to prevent any devilish tricks. The strongest nuns of the lot of them would stand by to hold Anna down if she started to act erratic. Now, right from the onset, when everyone began their prayers, Anna apparently sank into the bed and lost consciousness. Her eyes were shut so tight they could not even be pried open when somebody tried. Mm. I don't know if that's even possible, mm. is it? No, you should be. <laughs> yeah. Nobody's eyelids are, are, that's are bodybuilders. Can you work out your eyelids to get them that tough? You know, if you can do Kegels to strengthen your asshole, <laughs> I don't see why not. What is that? Does it help you poop easier for Kegels? Uh, it helps you get better erections. Mm-hmm. It helps you have more control over when you ejaculate. Mm. Bigger loads, apparently. How do you get rid of hemorrhoids? Ooh, not Kegels. No. Uh, you got to get them lanced, I imagine. Mm. Mine are like come and go, so I, I don't like them. I just let them. I just let them. You know, <laughs> let them be. They're gonna hurt for a while, like little painful <laughs> balloons, and then and then they go away. That's what I noticed. Now, through almost all of what we're about to hear, Anna will not be conscious. When Anna is unconscious, is when the demons seem to take over. With everything in place. Father started to perform the rites of exorcism, but right from the first prayer, Anna sprung up, dislodged herself from her restraints, flew through the air, landed on the wall above the door, and just clung to it like fucking Peter Parker. Like goddamn uh, uh, Tony Collette in uh, Hereditary. Yeah. Father said, Pull her down. She must be brought back to a place upon the bed. I don't know if that'd be the first thing I would say if some lady's hanging from the wall, but I guess he's 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 meant for this. I mean, this is old hat to him. He's seen <laughs> he's seen the old demon on the wall trick a million times. Can you imagine him going to like them fifty set machines to get those things you throw out the wall and they stick and roll oh. down? He's just like, you ever seen that happen to an adult woman? <laughs> I got a terrible eye infection from one of those things. It took all the strength of the most muscular nuns to pull her down from the wall and place her back on the bed. They were really adamant how strong the nuns were. I don't know if they were like juice. A life of service to Jesus, my friend. I guess. It was so funny. Father once again started up the exorcism, and this is when they all started to hear a terrifying howl that sounded as if it was off in the distance. They would describe the noise as a pack of wild beasts suddenly let loose, or as if Satan howled from being hit on the head with a club. (laughs) Interesting description. (laughs) Father said, Sergeant Satan, keep quiet, you (laughs) infamous reprobate. I would love to see this man just yelling this shit. (laughs) As the exorcism continued, Anna started another thing she would do throughout the next 23 days, vomiting. Lots and lots of vomiting. She would vomit anywhere from 10 to 20 times a day. After uh, even some days, she would have nothing more. I don't know why they're doing this to her. Then only a teaspoon of water or milk and absolutely no food. That's asshole-ish. Yeah. They claim the consistency of the vomit looked anywhere from macaroni (laughs) 
to sometimes having the appearance of sliced and chewed tobacco leaves. Where's this coming from? <sighs> and isn't that super dangerous for your esophagus if you're just yeah. throwing up bile? Okay, let's say on the, the lower end of the spectrum, what's 10 times 23? 230. 230 times you're puking in that short time here seems a little dangerous. Yeah. Just slightly dangerous. Now, from basically here on out, we don't have a definitive definitive sequence of events or dates of when uh, what I'm about to tell you actually happened. So what we are going to talk about is basically the actions that the priests performed and what uh, reaction it caused within Anna slash the demons. So we'll start off with probably the most important part of the exorcism, finding out the demons' names that are possessing Anna. Now, for the most part, from the beginning of the exorcism, Anna had been just emitting a low growling or howling noise. Interestingly, they always claim that the noise never came from Anna's mouth, but always appeared to be emanating from her stomach area. Mm. I don't know if that's where the demons hang out in your (laughs) stomach, but either way, eventually Father was able to get a response out of one of the demons. Father said... In the name of Jesus and his most blessed mother, Mary the Immaculate, who crushed the head of the serpent, tell me the truth. Who is the leader or prince among you? What is your name? The demons responded, Beelzebub. You call yourself Beelzebub? Are you not Lucifer, the prince (laughs) of the devils? No, not the prince, the chieftain, but one of the leaders. You are therefore not a human being, but you are one of the (laughs) fallen angels who with selfish pride wanted to be like unto God. Yes, that is so. Ha! We hate how we hate him. Why do you call yourself Beelzebub if you are not the prince of the devils? <laughs> Enough. My name is Beelzebub. From the point of influence and dignity, you must rank near Lucifer. Why do you hail from the lower coil of angels? I once belonged to the Sephoric choir. What would you do if God made it possible <laughs> for you to atone your injustice to him? Are you a competent theolog- theologian? <laughs> How long have you been torturing this poor woman? Since the 14th year. Who dared you to enter that innocent girl and torture her like that? (laughs) Ah, Did not her own father curse us upon her? But why did you, Beelzebub, alone take possession of her? Who gave you that permission? Don't talk so foolishly. Do I not render obedience to Satan? Then you are here (laughs) at the direction and command of Lucifer. (laughs) Well, how could it be otherwise? So he got an answer out of the dumb demon eventually. Uh, It seems like the demons just kind of like, I don't know, say whatever they want. You know, they're just kind of gibberish. I don't think this one's actually Beelzebub, though. (laughs) Mm -mm. You're going to hear a familiar name in about two seconds here. As the exorcism continued, Father was able to extract the names of the other demons that were harboring within Anna. Eventually, Father decided to ask why Anna's father had put a curse upon her to allow the devils in. The demons responded, You can ask him. Leave me in peace for once. (laughs) It says the father of the woman also (laughs) present as one of the devils. Since when? What a foolish question. He has been with us ever since he was damned. Then I solemnly command, in the name of the crucified Savior of Nazareth, that you present the father of this woman, and that he give me answer. Are you the unfortunate father who has cursed his own child? No. Who are you then? I, uh, I'm Judas. What? Judas? Are you Judas Iscariot, the former apostle? Uh, yes, I am the one. What business have you here? 
to bring her despair so that she will commit suicide and hang herself. She must get the rope. She must go to hell. Is it in the facts that everyone that commits suicide goes to hell? Uh, rather not. Why not? <clears throat> we... We devils are the ones that urge them to commit suicide, to hang themselves, just as I did myself. Do not regret that you have committed such a despicable deed. <laughs> Leave me alone. Don't bother me with your fake god. It was my own fault. What an... <laughs> oh my... He just got off the Blink-182 van. <laughs> yeah. Judas is really stone. I envision Judas as a stoner. Actually, I envision Judas, to be honest, as like Jesus' male friend who's like in love with Jesus... But Jesus isn't doesn't swing that way. So so, so you are saying then in effect mm, that vampires are yeah. actually so, I mean, they don't closeted they homosexuals. I mean they go both ways if you've seen True Blood. I have in fact and Blade. Oh, I have in <laughs> fact. And sometimes your mom wants to kiss you when you're inside of a sarcophagus about to be bled by uh, Stephen Dorff. You gotta. Now, Judas then went on for quite a while, so Father continued his rites of exorcism, and then another, more manly voice chimed up, claiming to be Jacob. Father said, Which Jacob are you? The father of the possessed girl. It was at this point that Father was able to extract information about Jacob trying to force his daughter into an incestuous relationship, Ugh. but Anna resisted, so Jacob placed a curse upon her requesting that the demons commit every possible sin against her chastity. Mm. Jacob eventually claimed that upon his deathbed, he was offered the sacrament that would forgive all of his sins and he would be allowed to go to heaven. But Jacob opposed God so much, he refused, and adding to the fact that he had placed a curse on his daughter, his soul was eternally damned. Mm. It was in hell that Lucifer and Jacob plotted to continue the <laughs> torment against Anna. Father had had enough and demanded that he leave. Father said, But you will obey the power of Christ and the blessed Trinity will force you back into the pit of hell where you belong. No, no, only spare me that. You, I wish this devil was a pop-up. Papa Shango from uh, American Horror Story. The voodoo devil. Oh, yeah. That guy He's is. He's a Wisconsin man. Oh, that guy's awesome. He is awesome. I don't know how I can talk like that. Yeah, I don't think you can. And he's the guy from The Wire. I found that out, too. He's Lieutenant Cedric from The Wire. Okay, yes, yeah. yes, I think you're right. So the father continued his exorcism, trying to force Jacob out of Anna, when all of a sudden, Jacob's lover, Aunt Mina, chimed up. Apparently, she had been damned to hell as well. Not for living an immoral life, not for putting those witchy herbs in his food, but for child murder, <laughs> father said. You committed murder while you were still alive? Whom did you kill? Uh, little ones. How many did you actually kill? Uh, three, no, actually four. You haven't been thinking about this since your <laughs> eternal damnation? No, she's just a baby killer. It's like, ah, uh, three, maybe four. I love how they're like, she didn't go to hell for living in a moral life. She just, you know, she killed babies. Yeah. So well, this was hell. written by the fucking Catholics, right? <laughs> yeah. It seemed like Aunt Mina was actually one of the worst of the demons. Anytime <laughs> Father mentioned or offered the Blessed Sacrament, Aunt Mina would spout foul words or, <laughs> or spit and vomit all over Father Theo. He would constantly have to use his handkerchief to wipe <laughs> the spit or vomit off of his face or cassock. <laughs> now, interestingly, Father had discovered the four main demons, 
But apparently, there were also countless lesser demons who would chime in from time to time. Father claimed that you could definitely tell when it was a lesser demon because they would often speak just nonsense. The growls were different, and worst of all, they had an adverse reaction on Anna's body, such as she would turn exceedingly pale, almost looking emaciated. Her eyes would start to protrude out of their sockets. Her lips would swell. Her eyes would turn completely pitch black. Her entire body would start to glow red, or her body would start to bloat completely up. So she's kind of like an accordion. It's going shit. up and down. I'm wondering how much of this would be from being strapped to a bed. <laughs> not being fed. And not being fed or watered. Uh, I'm I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb and say a lot of it probably. Probably not the pitch black eyes, uh, <sighs> the glowing or the bloating. Maybe she was the original uh, girl who got their eyes tattooed. Maybe that's what's going on here. Oh, she is a hipster. No, one of those <laughs> demons in her is a hipster. <laughs> yeah. Never mind. It was Judas. <laughs> yeah, Judas. He's the hipster. Now, there was another interesting experiment the priest did to try to trick the demons that involved an inscription of a fake Latin prayer that was placed on Anna's head. Normally, any holy relic, such as a crucifix or holy water, would have drove drove the demons wild. But according to the priest, even though nobody knew it was fake, the demons seemed to. Mm. And after this, Father then prepared a second prayer and then blessed it with the sign of the cross and holy water... This time, when it was set on Anna's head, it instantly shredded into a thousand sheets. Oh, we found her witch power. She's yeah. a paper she shredder. Goes, yeah, <laughs> she blows can, into pieces. She can get rid of uh, secret documents. You don't need a paper shredder anymore. <laughs> Just keep putting holy water in paper and setting it on her head. <laughs> hey, we could cure recycling right now. Exactly. I just. Putting it on Anna's head. Exactly. Well, I don't know if we could cure it, but we would sure have a lot of paper scraps sitting around. <laughs> all the kids would be making paper mache volcanoes all over the place with oh, all that scrap. I love it. Hell yeah. Now, another interesting event that happened involved a crucifix. Now, Father had been repeatedly aiming the crucifix at the demons, which caused them all sorts of pain. But one time, he pointed a new crucifix at the demons, and they said... So he arrived with a pasteboard cross? Since when did he die on a paper cross? <laughs> if my knowledge doesn't fail me, he was nailed to a wooden cross. <laughs> Father quickly discovered he had accidentally been using a crucifix made of paper mache. Oh, from her head. From Anna's head. <laughs> he made one quick in the back. <laughs> he forgot that he made a paper mache cross. Like, we need some water and Elmer's glue and those paper shreds. Let's do it. <laughs> Give me some baking soda and vinegar. This cross is going to be awesome. Up to this point, I'd assume the priests had been fighting the demons for days, if not weeks on end, but the demons were not giving up so easily. The demons were starting to corrupt one of the other priests who were bearing witness to the exorcism. The priest being corrupted started to become very enraged at the exorcist. He wanted him to stop what he was doing and go home immediately. Yeah. Eventually, he told the exorcist that he was starting to want to harm him physically. <laughs> but Father Theo, being ever so vigilant, was able to inform him that all of his ill feelings towards Father Theo were simply tricks by the demons. The demons then started to try to weaken the resolve of Father Theo. The demons said, you will suffer for this. 
You can't harm me anyway. I'm standing under the protection of Almighty God and against his power. You are absolutely helpless, so you detestable little hellhound. <laughs> I love that term. Just wait. I'll make you repent. I'll incite the whole parish against you. I will calumniate you in such a way that you will no longer be able to defend yourself. Then you will have to pack up and leave in shame and regret. If that be the will of God, then God be praised. You are powerless against him, <laughs> you vile serpents, you man-killer. Just wait. I will fix you and your lord and master. Ha! How dare you speak that way against the almighty, you despicable worm crawling in the very dust of the earth. I love his fucking speeches here. Now, I cannot harm God directly, but I can touch you and his church. Is this not true? Do you not know of the history of Mexico? We have prepared a nice little mess for him there. Who, you devils? Who else did it? The whole credit is ours for bringing that situation about. He will learn to know us better. Lucifer is on his tracks and will make the kettle hot and heavy for him. Ha 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 Okay, now I look this up. Uh, so they had the Mexican Revolution years prior, and the only thing that happened in 1928 that I could see was someone named Obregon, uh, who was killed by a pro-Catholic opposition when he took office. That's he like, was, yeah. He was one of the leaders of the, uh, the, uh, rebel group or whatever, so. Which, it, I mean, that's just gonna happen. Yeah. Those people get clipped off pretty, pretty, pretty often. Uh, you know, I thought this was gonna tie into the Espinosas for some reason. <laughs> I was like, holy shit, Mexico. But good, then I was like, wait a second, that's like that? 70 years later. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's the only thing I could think that I looked up what could happen, but I don't know what the fuck they're talking about. Now, shortly after speaking about the trouble cause in Mexico, the demons started to talk about the Antichrist. Mm, Michael Langdon. <laughs> they would tell the father. Yes, Satan is already abroad and the Antichrist is already born in Palestine, but he is still young. He must first grow up incognito before his power can become known. Okay, who the fuck in Palestine in 1928, who the hell could this be? I, I don't know. I don't know. I think it's anybody. I don't know. I don't know any 1920s Palestinians that mm. grew up to be... The Antichrist. The Antichrist. <laughs> I don't think so. I think they're lying. Barry Satira. <laughs> there you go. Brock, we're on you. <laughs> now, you'd imagine after learning about the coming of the Antichrist, things couldn't get much worse, but apparently Lucifer himself is going to make an appearance. Well, that's what happens. Uh, <laughs> he gets to rule the earth for a thousand years after he brings about the apocalypse, right? Uh, actually, what we're talking about, Lucifer's gonna appear in the room of the exorcism. Holy shit! Yeah. The big man! That's what, they, that's what uh, Father Theo says. For about an hour and a half, Lucifer could be seen visibly. He was fiery red, as you'd expect. Of course. But he also had a crown on his head and brandished a fiery sword in his hand. And Beelzebub was standing right alongside of Lucifer. That's, that's pretty metal. Of, you know how many girls on Instagram would die to see that right now? If they could pose with that? <laughs> yeah. Hold on, Lucifer and Beelzebub. Let me get a selfie here. <laughs> Do the Charlie's Angels guns. <laughs> now, Lucifer was cursing and yelling blasphemies at the father, saying things like, If I could, I would have choked you long ago. If I only had my former powers, you would soon experience what I could do. What can you accomplish, you helpless Lucifer? <laughs> what could you do? If you were bound as I am. Oh. He's meaning banished to hell, I'm assuming here. Yeah. Now, as crazy as seeing Lucifer in front of you is, 
learning about the coming of the Antichrist, battling demons, puking, all this, the demons have another trick up their sleeve for the old father. <laughs> now, while Father Theo was in Iowa, he received a call from a local farmer whose mother was on her deathbed and wanted to be read her last rites. Was it Rick? <laughs> in 1920, yeah, oh, my dad's not a vampire. If my dad's a vampire, I need to have a long conversation with him. Naturally, naturally, Father agreed to go out and perform uh, this for the farmer. Now, after he finished, while he was driving that new car back to where he was staying, he had a feeling that the devils had something in store for him. Father was crossing a bridge that went over a deep ravine when a dark black cloud shrouded the vehicle. Because he was now blind, he crashed right into the guardrails of the bridge, and his vehicle nearly toppled over the edge. Apparently, the noise of the crash was enough to alert the farmer, who quickly came to the father's aid. Father was then quickly taken to a local doctor, but after examination, they didn't find any major injuries, just external scars, and a state of nervous excitement. Now, do you think he was nipping into the communion wine in his trunk before he started How come driving? that is the first thing that came to my mind? Because that's the, exactly what should come to our <laughs> He's mind. He's all hopped up on fucking the blood of Christ. Yeah. He crashed in. Apparently, this guy should not drive. No. He can't start no. it, and he's fucking crashing his goddamn car. Apparently, when Father finally made his way back to where Anna was, the demons were immediately laughing when he entered and said, Ha 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 ha, today we pulled in his proud neck and it was outpointed. I certainly showed him up today. <laughs> what about your new auto? That dandy car which was smashed to smithereens served you right. The other priests in the room asked, Is this true? Father, uh, Father told him. Yes. What he says is true. My auto is a complete wreck. But he was not able to harm me personally. Our aim was to get you, but somehow our plans were thwarted. It was your powerful patron saint who prevented us from harming you. Ooh. Do you know who his patron uh, saint was? I don't know. It's probably all of them for this fucking weirdo. Yeah. It's, uh, he, you know, obviously he's so powerful. Like, the other priest would be like, Father, can I smell your breath quick? Like, can I get... Seriously. Seriously. Quick here. You know, uh, I saw someone, this is literally at like 6 o'clock last night, at Holiday, having to do a sobriety test right in the Holiday parking lot. No way. I was like, his legs were like weaving when he was touching toast. <laughs> I was like, yeah, buddy, you're shit-faced. He's having fun on a Friday night. <laughs> he had like a creepy work van, too. So I don't know what he was doing. Anyway, the demons also apparently would unleash something during the night to torment the holy people. They would call... Night prowlers. Father would claim these are lesser demons <laughs> sent by Lucifer to torment the priests and nuns uh, when they tried to sleep. The objective of the night prowlers were to weaken their mental state, making their job of exercising the demons even more difficult. They would come in the form of gnats gnawing at the walls or rumblings of the house that sounded like a train was going through it. Mm. But a quick exorcism generally got rid of them. You might hear Father yell this in the middle of the night. Do cursed hell rats! <laughs> I'll get rid of you yet. 
Oh, God. Hell Hounds and Hell Rats. I love that. You remember? All right. I remember what I was going to say now. Okay. Father Theo is like the kid on the playground that you can't beat because he always has a better power than you do, no matter right. what you do. Right. I, it's funny you mentioned that. I was just thinking of him playing Pokemon, and he's running through the grass, and he gets that theme music. He's like, you cursed Hell Rats. <laughs> <laughs> and it probably is if he just started. <laughs> it was a Rotata. <laughs> yeah. Now- through the 23 days of exorcism, Anna had to endure a lot. As mentioned, the constant puking, the bloating of her body, the shaking, the growling, the fact that she didn't have any nourishment the entire time. Fuck them. Which will make sense why some of the people in the room were certain that she was going to die. That's what happens when you don't have nourishment for 23 <laughs> days. It got so bad at one point, her skin tone actually took on the appearance of a corpse. That's metal. After seeing this, after seeing the exceedingly pale body of Anna, one of the priests in the room would say, Great God, she is dying. I will hasten to get the holy oils. He's an essential oil salesman now. <laughs> <laughs> but the, Father Theo said, Just remain here, my friend. The woman will not die. Absolutely not. This manifestation is only one of Satan's cunning tricks. He cannot and will not be permitted to kill her. Absolutely not. I feel like that's really dangerous. If someone is starving to death, doesn't have water, they're dying. It's like, don't know. That's just Satan doing that. Don't worry about that. Well, and what what does the other priest want to do? Go get her some fucking olive oil? Right <laughs> here, here, drink this. Unlimited soup and breadsticks here. He's got essential, he's got holy oils to dip them in. He's got gold Frankensteins <laughs> and Merces. He's got the best rosemary garlic holy oil you could ever taste in your life there. Finally, the date reached December 23rd, 1928. It was time for the final showdown. Father had spent several days and weeks working on weakening the demons. So much so, the demons were begging to leave. But apparently, they couldn't because that almighty Lucifer was not allowing them to give up even though they wanted to. Hell yeah. But eventually, even Lucifer could not withstand the barrage coming from Father Theo. At around 9 p.m. on the 23rd, it seems like they were going to have a breakthrough. While once again performing the rites of exorcism, all of a sudden, Anna lunged from the bed, breaking the grasp of those holding her down. She was standing straight up on the bed with only her heels touching the bed. Father said, Depart, ye fiendies of hell. <laughs> Begone, Satan, the Lion of Judah reigns. What the fuck is the Lion of Judah? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. He just says this shit. After this, Anna's body collapsed back down on the bed. You could hear the demon saying, Beelzebub, Judas, Jacob, <laughs> no, Jacob, Pina, <laughs> repeated over and over. Every time it repeated, it appeared more and more distant, as if the demons were returning to hell. Mm. Father Theo and those in the room knew that victory was finally within hand. Eventually, Anna regained consciousness, and when she awoke, she had a huge smile on her face and said, Ah, from what a terrible burden have I been freed at last. My Jesus mercy, (laughs) praised be Jesus Christ. Apparently, after hearing this, everyone in the room began to weep and cry. Oh, hashtag that, or r slash that happened. (laughs) (laughs) Could it be because of their victory over the demons? Or was it because 
the demons left one final surprise for the Christian heroes. Uh-oh. A demonic crop dusting. <laughs> Apparently, the entire room was filled with an unearthly stench that was almost unbearable. Well, uh, she just had to pass gas those 23 days. Maybe she's really constipated. Yeah. If these people learn the wonders of prune juice, Wisconsin, they're backed up. We're not supposed to Too eat much lactose. Cheese. Exactly. Too much cheese. They got Colby, all that. After the extensive exorcism, for the most part, all of the demons were banished from Anna, but they did mention that she would have to undergo a few couple minor exorcisms. Yeah. But for the most part, Anna was able to live a happy, healthy, pious, and religious life. She was finally able to enjoy that blessed sacrament once again, and we would even assist in holy masses. We will finish this episode off with a testimony from father, sister, slash housemaid, Teresa Wegerer. She said, I was a witness to almost the whole period of the exorcism from the Erling possession case, and I could truthfully say that the facts mentioned in Begone Satan <laughs> are correct. Some of the scenes were even more frightful than described in the pamphlet. There is not the slightest doubt in my mind that the devils were present, and I will never forget the horrible scenes. Vile, filthy, and dirty as long as I live. All the nuns asked for a change and were transferred the next year. The woman came back to Erling over a distance of a thousand miles, four months after the exorcism, to make a novena for Thanksgiving. This was the bidding of Christ himself. During her stay, she boarded with the Schmimorsky family. <laughs> she told me how our blessed Lord appears to her frequently and encourage her to be faithful. Yeah, so like Annalise Michelle, this lady is claiming that the Virgin Mary comes and sees her, uh, Jesus comes and sees her, God comes and sees her, angels come and see her, Arching, Archangel Michael comes and sees her. So. It's the battle of the network stars, my mm, friend. They are all they all want her attention. Anna's that, uh, and she remained a virgin the entire time, age 41, most important. The <sighs> demons didn't get her chastity. That's It's saved for God. Unless she gets married, maybe. This is a this is another one of those incredibly unfortunate tales of religion destroying mm. people's lives. Yeah. Oh, by the way, one final thing. <laughs> I can't even. I'm not even going to try to pronounce this Polish family's name, uh, Shmornski or whatever. <laughs> uh, but Kelly was able to find those people are real. The Shimaworskis? Yes, she wow. found them. They did live uh, in Iowa or whatever. Wow. So, yeah, so there were real people. We just don't know who the fuck Aunt, Aunt Emma Schmidt is or Anna Ackland or whatever her name is. Uh, We got to track the Shimaworskis down <laughs> and I want to be interview. adopted, and I want that last name, goddammit. Shimaworski. Shim, <laughs> Shimaro, Shimaroski. I'm guessing Polish. Skimaroski? Yeah, I don't know what it is. Is it Very... a Shimitar or a Skimitar? <laughs> <laughs> They're half horse, half people so i don't know yeah anyway uh so yeah what you were saying that's kind of my theory is that i think anna had a traumatic experience as a child maybe her father tried to have sex with her you know very traumatic fuck yeah and then she converted the enemy of that into demons instead of her own trauma and that's kind of how these things kind of go you know it's a sad tale i think that's probably what happened I don't know. Maybe they're real demons. I don't really. It kind of sounds like a Catholic cheerleaders book, kind of. I mean, you know and, and yes, it was written by priests and stuff. Yeah. So obviously they're going to 
sweeten it up. Mm. Like as to to quote Vince McMahon, who sweetens up the <laughs> audience every now and again. Uh, 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 the one thing that I will that is like maybe this was some kind of weird therapy for her, mm. and she was able to actually expel these uh, demons that maybe weren't real demons, but were in fact demons in her own mind. But, but that's the the thing about exorcisms that people have found. They're so convinced that the demons might be there that the only way you can help them is by completing the cycle of getting rid of them, and then it's kind of like it helps them. So mm. it's weirdly therapeutic sometimes. Well, therapy is incredibly mm, important. Absolutely. And if you can find peace of mind and a little mental stability mm. through an exorcism, mm. the problem is when they fucking, they starved her to death and shit. Well, I they claim she couldn't eat, but I don't know... I think they didn't want her to eat. Yeah. In uh, Annalise Michelle, they didn't feed her either. Mm-hmm. It's very strange. I don't know what's up with that. Maybe they think you can, what is it? Starve a cold, feed Fast a amount. flu. Starve a flu, feed a, co- feed a cold. <laughs> so that maybe what it's like. to do? Yeah, it's one or the other. Hmm. It's just like wine before beer, liquor before beer. I never understand. I don't know which one's which. I always get drunk anyway. <laughs> I just stick to beer. That's the simplest equation for me. Beer's good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I got a. I had some St. Pauli NAs over oh, yeah. advances. They were fucking nice with a steak. Is that the is that the name of the brewery? The St. Pauli? No. St. Pauli girls. Yeah, the St. Pauli oh, yeah, is a beer yeah. beer brand. Yeah, I've yeah. seen that one. Though. Isn't there a famous one, the bicycle one? No, that's Fat Tire, right? It's Fat Tire. That's uh um New Belgium. Mm, isn't that Minnesota too? I don't even think St. Pauli's Minnesota. I think that's Bavarian. Mm, okay. I like the German beers, by the way. For sure. Very good. For sure. Very simple. Very good. Very crisp. There's one that has an elephant on it. (laughs) I think it's called either White Elephant or something like that. Don't get that one. That's gross. That's brutal. Mm. That's like beer that they used to have to have to keep for years and years and years. You know what? A conspiracy. What if Jordan's sober now? What if that's why he can't come over here? Do you think that's it? (laughs) He got sober and he's like, fuck, what am I doing with my life? Uh, That could be. Well, Cody, good job. That's great. If Thank you. everybody else liked it, you can tell us about it by going to our website, bumblebuttpodcast.com, filling out the form. It'll send it right to our email. You don't even have to type in our email address. You just go to the website, ask mm-hmm. the question. Mm-hmm. We'll get right back to you. Works perfect. It's really nice. Mm-hmm. Bumblebuttpodcast.com. It's wonderful. Uh, anything else that you need, you can follow us on Twitter at bumblebuttpod, Facebook and Instagram, bumblebuttpodcast. We also have... Uh, the most important part of the show, which is f- hit that follow button on that Spotify. Oh, yeah. Spotify Revolution is still in effect. Uh, that is definitely winning over Apple Podcasts is dying. Yeah. The I've noticed. Is, I've noticed. Problem is, I still love Apple Podcast mm. reviews. They make mm. me incredibly happy. You got to get them from all sources. Yeah. You got to get them from all sources. Oh. So Apple, whatever you listen on in review, that's the most important thing. Agreed. Mm. Uh, do we have any Apple reviews? Looks in the- like we got three. Fuck me. Yeah, three new five stars. Hell yeah. yeah. We got two writtens that I see right now. Uh, <laughs> Cheating with Bumblebutt by Grim Karen. Okay, Yikes. I love this I love one. It. I'm obsessed with true crime and the paranormal, but there's only been one podcast that I could really geek out on until I found Bumblebutt. I love the content and banner. They've got this down-to-earth vibe, no filter, no ego, just a few funny guys you find yourself wanting to hang out with. I feel like I'm cheating on my other podcast, but I can't get enough of these guys. I think Grim Karen is small-town murder, right? 
That's correct. Yeah. yeah. Or is Grim Karen the cheer up bitch? Cheer up bitch. <laughs> I think that is. Yeah. You're being so Grim Karen, cheer up bitch. <laughs> I think that is theirs. Like the, it's like an old medicine joke, right? Mm-hmm. Our next one is. Ty- oh wait, hold on. That was the end of that one. Okay, that's the end of one. Uh, Grim Karen, fucking appreciate it. Thank that's you. Wonderful. It's great. You got that. Username, we'll be your by hot. We'll be your hot side action. <laughs> yeah. All you want. <laughs> we don't mind being mistresses. Uh uh-uh. uh uh, the next one's title required by Rexa Ripley. Fantastic podcast. Truly found this through Insta and oh my world. I word. I listen to you guys pretty much every day at this point. Fuck yeah. Love the casual but informative realm that exists in the Bumblebutt world. Anyways, 10 out of 10. Would listen again. Fuck Hell yeah. yeah. Thank you. Fuck yeah. That's so amazing. Sati Thank you so much. Wonderful. <laughs> Father Theo, get the fuck out No of demons in there. Uh-uh. That was a beautiful uh, German monk priest voice he did there. I don't know. It was like I got possessed by a German monk. <laughs> I didn't think I had it in me, and then I, I started doing it. I was like, hey, that sounds almost Germanic. I feel like this is an untapped market where we have a story about a woman being possessed by a German priest yeah. and the demons have to come in and exercise the priest out of the woman. Oh, Sounds like an untapped market there. It's the it's the flip of all flips that, <laughs> yeah. that cinema's been looking for. Uh, all right. That's absolutely wonderful, Cody. Uh, Thank you. Another thing that we have mm. is a Patreon.com. Yes, we do. Absolutely. Last week, if you go to Bumblebutt Podcast. Dot com. Nope. If you go, to, well, if you go to bumblebuttpodcast.com, <laughs> you'll find a link to our Patreon, but you can go to patreon.com slash bumblebuttpodcast. Mm-hmm. And from there, you will be able to listen to right now. There's five episodes of Patreon exclusive right? fanfics. And coming up uh, within the next this week or so, mm-hmm. we will have another one. <laughs> yeah, extra nasty. Can you believe that? That this Patreon is actually getting some use. And you people are godlike. Now, Cody, do we have any new patrons we uh, should thank? Yes, we do, Adam. Uh, thank you very much, Charles, for joining up. That's looks, wonderful. Looks like yeah. he wants to listen to some hot erotica. Sounds like he exhausted mm. our 250 podcast backlog and <laughs> needed those four extra. <laughs> he, uh, yeah. Oh, I added to the Patreon, too. Uh, the tiers, $5 and up, gets $5 off a shirt on the store. 15 and up gets $15 off a shirt on the store. So Wonderful. And, so, of yeah. course, uh, 25 yeah, they get a free shirt. They get a free. Here and there, yes. Yeah, that's wonderful. Mm. I got to tell you, uh, there's a lot of Patreons out there. I think we take pretty good care of our people. Yeah, we try to. Yeah. You get a monthly beautiful print. You mm. get uh, erotica. You get uh, everything. We have stickers. Fucking, we try to give everything we can. It's great. Mm. I think we're really awesome mm. and so I good. I so too. Yeah. All right, everybody. Thank you very much for listening. That's been a great episode. And that has been Cody. Thank you, Cody. Thank you, Adam. I've been Adam. Uh, As always, have a nice weekend. Unless it's Tuesday. Tuesday.